0: This is the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott at Akron Jackson at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks for helping to make this happen. Shouts to you guys for helping it grow, spreading the word. Uh, We have a lot of fun doing this, Um, frankly. A lot of you listen because you're Cleveland sports fans in, in some regard, and it's a pretty fun time with the way the Indians have played uh, and with the Browns, you know, uh, certainly being the offseason champions and having some real talent. I am in Westfield, Indiana, which is where the Colts have training camp. We're about three hours from the start of the Browns and Colts uh, practices. Andre is back in Cleveland for a few more hours. Uh, and after the Indians play the Red Sox today, he and the Indians will be off to New York for eight days. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Not, uh, MLB didn't do us any favors. Uh, but it is what it is. And as Tito said, we'll all be broke by the end of it. And that's All, all right. <laughs> that's,
0: that's right. Um, I want to start with um, some of the raw emotion that's involved in your job uh, over the course of a baseball season and not just this one that's had extreme ups and downs, right? Um, there's some games and some weeks where the shit drags. Let's just be honest. Right. And, Probably that. Probably and, you know, you have been fortunate that most of the time you've been doing this job, the Indians have been good. Right. So, so that's the plus side. Um, that doesn't mean there aren't long days, long weeks, bad weeks, whatever. But I just kind of want you to take everybody through the, the emotion of Monday night, when Ugh. they they hit the walk off, you know, and they celebrate and then Tuesday when they fight back after I turned the game off, quite frankly. Right. And right. then Frankie, who is so good and so smart, you know, makes the brain fart that he regrets. Right. obviously. And and who knows if that actually cost him the game, but uh, you know, it it, it was really a play you that know. you don't see him make. So just kind of take everybody through the the roller coaster of this these last few hours, and, and shoot, I forgot about Sunday's game where they went on a walk off grand slam or not a walk off yeah, grand slam, Yeah, I was going to say it's
1: deep. Yeah, I was going to say it's deeper than the last seventy two hours. It's hell. It goes back a week. Um, you know, we've all said that this stretch would define who the Indians are. Um, if you go all the way back to just when they start facing Texas, and you know when they got done with Kansas City and they got done with the bum rum, is basically what you call it with all the bums. Uh, I knew when you were playing Texas, Anaheim, uh, you know, then you had to go play Minnesota for four. Then you come home to have the Red Sox here and they go, like, we all knew this was going to be something, but it's, and then you throw in the trade deadline, you throw in the Puig factor, the losing Trevor factor. There have been a ton of emotions the last two weeks, week and a half. And for the most part, I'd say say, completely, the team has dealt with it great. Um, I will say this. I, I question how emotionally, you, how long you can ride this emotionally because there is a lot of emotions. And basically, even Rocco Baldelli, the manager for the Minnesota Twins, said this last night in Minnesota, or said this last night in Milwaukee. Um, at some point, you just hope you get a normal game that spaces out and that every game doesn't feel like it's the seventh game of the World Series. Before about a week and a half now, the Indians, every game it seems like, um, every pitch matters. Every moment matters. Every little mistake matters. Every guy that doesn't drive a guy in matters. Um, and it's fantastic when your team comes out on the good side of it, uh, but it's a punch in the gut when he doesn't. And even when you do win, um, it's it's just a little different when you you know it's, it's nice to go into some eighth innings and ninth innings and you're up eight or you're down six or you're down seven. Uh, and I don't play, so I can only imagine what it's like right. mentally. For like a guy like Roberto Perez. I know from from our standpoint when we're mentally putting stories together and mentally trying to space things out and trying to figure out and remember you know different storylines. it's it's a grind. I'll admit right now it'll take a lot of coffee to get through the next 12 hours or so um, but it's I mean you live for it this is much better than last August when you just got new guys and you're you know you're just trying out new toys uh, you know wait until October one gets here. Uh, the Indians aren't going to have that. They're not going to have that pleasure. That luxury is not going to be here. Um, you know, even you know, waking up today, yesterday sucked. Uh, and, and you're right. The the air was taken out of the the balloon last night. You know, when when Frankie tried to steal dirt. Um, baseball is one of those weird sports. And I, no, I, I look baseball. Baseball is a lot like life. I refuse to have disagreements with people about what's right and what's wrong on a baseball field. Um, I think a lot of times it's easy for the guy, and, and no offense to anyone that I'm, sa- that I'm saying this, it's very easy to sit back to the guy that, can never, that can never hit the ball off the tee and just read books and, and, and listen to Tom Hamilton on what's the right and wrong things to do in baseball. Sure, there are things that you should and should not do. Frankie probably shouldn't have been trying to steal dirt base last night. But if he does steal dirt base and they win the game, everybody pats him on the back and tells him, great job, great instincts. I think that's the one thing I hate. You know, like Mike Freeman tries to bunt. I hate even bringing up the word bunt. Some people don't like bunting. I get it. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I'm not a, I'm not an absolute. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, if you told me absolutely, if you never bunted again, that you would score runs every time a guy got on first base or second base, then I would agree with you and say, okay, you shouldn't bunt. But that's not the case. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't work. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you swing and miss. Sometimes you hit the ball out of the ballpark. Um Baseball is a—it's a hard sport to break down. Uh, and Frankie was beside himself last night. He thought he saw something. He thought he was going to make it the way he saw it. If he gets to third, and makes some pitch. To, I, I get where he was doing. It was a mistake. He was thrown out. Unfortunately, he was—you know—and he had a right-handed batter up. He figures he gets a good jump off the pitcher. Their catcher doesn't have a great arm. Doesn't have great. Doesn't have a great pop time. Those are all things going through his mind. His thing is, if I get to third, or if I get him to throw it away, the game's over, and we and we, we move on. Uh, and we save our legs, like you said, like from the night before, he said, Carlos Santana saved our legs
0: more than anything
1: else. And I, got, I don't know, if you play video games, you do anything else. And I'm not saying Frankie's, Frankie would ever agree to this, but I think at some points in times when you, and this is the difference that we always talk about marketing baseball, football, and basketball. In basketball, when the game's on the line, you get the hell out of the way and you get a ball to Braun James, right? Mm-hmm. In football, you get a ball to Tom Brady and you, or Baker Mayfield. And you call your three favorite plays, and you get out of the way. I think sometimes, and Frankie a last night. It was a rookie mistake. I think sometimes when you are one of the better players on the field and you, you want to make a difference, sometimes you try to do too much. And that's what happened last night. Absolutely. And you yeah. you move on.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, so many times you see the team that grabs the momentum do something like that that's not conventional, and it works. Right. right. And, right. and that's what he's thinking. And obviously – most times in the ninetieth percentile, you trust Frankie Lindor's baseball instincts, right? But the result was right. bad, and it didn't work, and um, that's it. They they don't play them on spreadsheets; they play them on TV, right? So sometimes you you live yeah, on the exactly. edge, and uh, yeah. So I just you know, and and you have a few not not that you have an answer for this, Dre, because it's it's only August fifteenth, but you kind of touched on this. I mean. They're in a pennant race, if you want to call it that, right? They are nip and tuck to win the division, which is a big deal. Um, whether you gave them credit to be able to do this or, you know, whether you gave it credence to be able to close from 11-and-a-half back or whatever, um, they're going to have to harness some emotions, right, and, and some yeah. and some energy because this is a big deal to actually finish this and win the division going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, last night, and and look, there will be more nights like this. But last night, it was incredible. When the team came back and tied, as they tied the game, Milwaukee hit a home run to take the lead on Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get giddy like a little five-year-old school kid watching the scores go back and forth, it's amazing. And if you're on Minnesota side of this yesterday, um, and there's there's something to that series, too, that I want to get to. But if you're on the, the Minnesota side of this, you see your team lose the lead, you see Cleveland come back from a terrible, you know, being down against Boston, your heart sinks. Then, as you know, as as Jackie Bradley Jr. hits a home run, you know, not three minutes later, Marlon Gonzalez is hitting the three run homer off Josh Hader in Milwaukee for them to take the lead. I didn't love it because of what side we were on last night, but God, if you're if you are running MLB, the last 24-48 hours, last five days, what the Indians and Twins have done, that sells baseball. That sells the pennant race. That is that's beautiful. I mean, the emotions that ran last night. And we're gonna have it probably six, seven, eight, nine more times if you can deal with it. If you're like, yeah. it is amazing to watch. And It's fun. Like we we had we had the Milwaukee game. I had it on. We were watching that, and we're watching the Indians game. Like it's it's going to be interesting, and, it, and it's a true rivalry between Milwaukee or between Minnesota. I mean, Yasiel Puig. I can't even touch right now. Like we can do a whole hour podcast on Yasiel Puig. There's no one like him. And all the years of covering football, all the years of covering baseball, basketball, he is, I I, I don't even want to use the wrong words, because there is nothing like this dude from Cuba. He kind of randomly shows up as he shows up at the park. He's built unlike anybody that I've ever seen athletic-wise. I mean, he's huge and strong, but, but his teammates love him. Friday night after the Indians beat the Twins to tie up the division, and he became the guy that was waving, and he became enemy number one in, in Minnesota. It's beautiful. He's been with the team a week, and Minnesota Twins, the fans, players, hate him, and he loves it, and he destroys them. And, I mean, and it's like he's the perfect guy you want in this situation. Frankie can stay Frankie. Frankie doesn't have to – you know, Frankie can still smile. The pitchers can still be, be the pitchers. And they got the perfect foil in Yasiel Puig, the guy who's just been here a week. And basically, he's got red hair. He's probably in Miami right now. So we meet him in New York tomorrow, and he just pisses everybody off. <laughs> like he's he, he's a he's a cartoon character. Zach, I'm telling you, I haven't even got I haven't even told you I haven't even told you off the record stories
0: yet that I got. Right. He is unbelievable. Th- this is your life. 15 years ago in August, you were with me, and we were wondering if Bernie was going to show up where we went. Right, <laughs> so right. You got to wonder if this now- week's going to be in New York. <laughs>
1: And he usually, and usually by the time they, you know, throw out first pitch, he wanders in and he's ready to go. He like literally, like after the game on Friday, he sits in nothing but the smallest underwear you can imagine, and in the middle of the clubhouse, has dinner. And and if you think I'm loud at midnight after about fifteen beers, you should hear him after none. Like he just takes over the room, makes fun of everybody, laughs, hugs, yells, screams. Uh, he is. Uh, I. I uh, put it this way: there are times where I'm like, man, I hope they can sign him to a two year deal after the season. Then at other times, I'm like, this is the honeymoon stage. Right. Let's, let, let's let it. Let's let it ride. But he's he's the perfect dude to be in, in the middle of this of this pennant race because he gives a little extra juice to you every single day when he walks in the world.
0: I got to say, as someone who generally listens but has made a point to watch more of late. You know, when available, and obviously this has been my busy time, um, the big hits that have won the game speak for themselves. But some of my favorite plays, Dre, are when he gets to throw the ball. Right? Sack fly. No doubt. Right field. No doubt. And I'm like, all no of a doubt. sudden I go from like a quarter watching and texting and typing and, you know, pacing around to I am glued because I want to see this freaking rocket come off of his arm and see somebody yes. get nailed.
1: You used to, You said freak. He's a freak of nature. And I mean that in the most positive way. He is a freak of nature. But the thing is, when you talk to him, like I did an interview with him the other day. Shout out to our boy James Walker. I've done, I mean, I'm oh, on the fifth year doing this job, I've done probably 300, 400 post-game inter- interviews. How many of them? I have not got so much traction from an interview as the one I did with Week. I mean, I got text messages and calls from people I haven't talked to in years. Like, professionally guys I just played baseball with, guys I just went to school with, you know, and they're all like, dude, that interview with Puig was unbelievable. Like, it was unbelievable to get to know, because everybody has this stigma against him or about him. We've all hear stuff, right? We all read stuff. And I just asked a simple question of where does this come from? And he starts talking about taking mangoes, and throwing mangoes, and chasing horses, and, and like, I'm literally standing in the field, my mouth's a gap because I'm like, this dude's just really the same. <laughs> He just plays with the joy of a young Cuban kid chasing, chasing monkeys and, and, and a horse. Like he is the wild horse. He is. Un- I gotta admit, these two games like, they play without him, we miss him already. Like he just misses just everything about him because you yeah. never know what he's going to say or do. Um, it's something else. It's going to be. It's going to be something else to see this dude ch- talk about me in New York for a week. <laughs> see Puig in New York for a week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let's play American Fireworks Glory Days real quick because I referenced this, and I'm going to tell the full story yeah. out of fairness. For long-time listeners, you've heard this one, but I, th- I want to say the year was 2007. I'm not sure, Dre. It was it was in the 2006 or 7 range. Um, I'd Dre, say
1: six. It wasn't a great year. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dre was the sideline reporter for the Indians. I worked for, or, or for the Browns. Uh, I worked for the team, and we had, I believe, a Saturday night preseason game in Green Bay. So. Mm-hmm. When you go to Green Bay, there's not even a hotel in town big enough to house an NFL team. So most of the time you stay in Appleton, which is maybe like Cleveland to Akron away, right? Um, It's not right Right. around the corner. It's, It's not too far. So we're young at this time, and we're wild, and we've been in training camp mode. So we get there on Friday night. And there's, like, this little college town feel to Appleton, and it was really cool. And, and we went all out. I don't think we 4 a.m. AM'd it, but we went all out. So Yeah, we went all ne- out. The next day, we got our, our well-earned sleep and uh, tossed and turned and went back to bed in about 10, 30, 11, uh, in the morning, we texted each other, and there was a Jimmy John's right down the block from the from the, from the Radisson and Appleton. I can picture it now as yep. I tell the story. Yep. I haven't drank all my brain cells away, <laughs> so <laughs> so we meet in the lobby, and turn the corner, and we come outside, and there's our buddy Jim Donovan. His name keeps coming up a lot lately in this podcast. And Jimmy yep. is turned bright white, right? And we're like, something's right. wrong, so. He's super friendly, super upbeat, super energetic, and always approaches you when he sees you. So he's kind of like, he's not running away from us, but he's like squirt. We're like, Jimmy, like, what's what's up, dude? Are you okay? Like, I'm fine. No, no, Jimmy, something's wrong. And he's like, oh, we can't find Bernie. (laughs) 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 And so if it's 11 a.m. Central, that means the game was probably at 6 or 7 Central which means the team was going to leave around 3 Central. So we were four, there was still plenty of time. But um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, is not the easiest place to get to. Neither is Appleton, Wisconsin. Neither is Racine, Wisconsin. No. Neither is any no. of the other dozen places that Bernie might have been, not, not to mention the possibility that he was in Miami or Youngstown or somewhere else. Right. <laughs> no telling. <laughs> sure enough, Bernie turned up at the stadium. The broadcast went on. He wore his nice jacket and his Nike Air Flights from '93, and the show went
1: on. <laughs> and the show went on. And at home, you had no idea. And people wondered, never mind. And people wonder why he doesn't do the games. Yes. He's much better. He's more prompt nowadays. But yeah, that was a whole that was a whole preseason we couldn't find. Him. Yeah, there's <laughs> that whole preseason you couldn't find. Like you, and then he would tell you, "Bro, watch you at STO, man. You keeping me up on the team?" And they'd be like, "That's how you prep." And it was pretty much. That was how he prepped. He prepped watching uh, training camp daily. He did. Uh, that was how that was how he got ready for each and every game. <laughs> that is a truth. That and he and Zach didn't leave anything out of that story. That uh, it was. It, it became a nightmare for WKYC at times trying to keep up with the old nineteen. Uh, but every how many how many guys did they put on now? I didn't watch the whole broadcast from last week.
0: Um. um I saw some screenshots of Bernie and Dustin together. I guess they're they're kind of doing the sideline together. But, you know, I don't see the broadcast either. And, and frankly, right. the next couple games I will DVR and go back and watch. The first one is so meaningless. I, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? All right. so. The only
1: ones that matter are this week and next week. The fourth yes. one is a, is a dud, too, to be completely yeah, honest.
0: And, you know um, – where I am now, I'm not sure the starters are going to play much more on Saturday because I believe, as, as I've said going back to when this was announced in the spring, I believe these next two days are the two most important days of training camp for the Browns. Uh, no and, doubt. And we, we know Freddie has established the long practices, the full pads, the physical culture that he wants. Um, he's pretty much said in no certain terms, uh, we're not going out. We're not, we wouldn't waste our time going out there if we were going to half speed anything. So it's not going to be full killing guys to the ground. Um, They're going to be conscious of the fights and stuff that always happen in joint practices, just because guys are pissed off and they're tired, and they finally get to see another helmet and another jersey. But uh, they're going to get some good work. Um, You know, Beckham and Landry have not done much in the in the practices back at home. I would expect them at least one of these two to be full go. Um, You know, a really good Colts offensive line against a really good Browns D line. Uh, The Colts young corner, um, Yasin against those guys. I mean uh, Denzel Ward and, and Greedy Williams. Shambl, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I would expect these practices to be good. And then I would expect the starters to not play very much. I think when they get back, there's still three practices next week. If you haven't been out to Berea, the crowds have been incredible. I mean, even on Mondays and Tuesday mornings, uh, people are coming out. There's a lot of excitement. Um, you use the term honeymoon period. That's what it is. Yeah. So, um, But as I wrote this morning and as I've said, the talent is evident. Uh, Baker has been locked in. He has thrown the ball exceptionally well. What you saw in a glimpse um, in that meaningless preseason game is how he's thrown it almost every day out there. Miles Garrett has been the unquestioned best player in camp. He looks great. And – You know, you never say no weaknesses, no flaws, because that's a fallacy, right? And a lot can change. It's only mid-August. But there's a lot of reason to be excited. And, you know, if they stay healthy and and if they they grow, um, this is a good team. I I, I have not seen anything, anything at all to make me back off of my stance that uh, before I offer any official prediction or before some circumstance changes here or in Baltimore or wherever else – um, this is a team good enough to be in the playoffs, and it will be disappointing if they're not.
1: Well, we'll see about that. But this is the time of the year to feel that way. Um, I think it's funny, I, I went to sleep hearing, you know, maybe it's ESPN NFL Network. This is this is the step the Browns taking. And taking nothing away from what you've said. Um, it's a positive time threat. This is when you can be positive about a team. It's, it's like spring training. Um, you know, I, I heard them talk about in Baltimore how they feel good about where Lamar Jackson is at, how their new defense is going to look. When you have players and you've had some success, that's what you just said is how how you should feel in the training camp. But I do to go back on something, I do feel like the next 48 hours are probably the most important 48 hours out of Brown's first half of the season because you're not going to get competition like this anywhere else. Um, You're going against a team that made the playoffs to surprise people. You're talking about playoffs. We're going to find out over the next two days how a playoff team practices how they went after each other. Uh, you're not going to see Andrew Luck. Um, you're not going to kill each other. But you're going to see the work that it took for that team to turn itself completely around in one year. Um, I, To me, I would pay a good ticket if I had nothing else to do. I would pay I would pay a decent amount for a ticket to watch practice today. I really would. I Because I think you don't get a chance to watch two NFL franchises really practice against each other. I know more are doing it. Um, I think it's a smart thing to do. Uh, because let's be honest, anyone that's ever played football, when you practice against the same guy – and you block the same guy, you rate you cover the same guy. It gets monotonous, you know all their moves, and it gets right. old and your work le- and the work level gets boring and you don't get better after a while because it's just, all right, dude, let's get through this period, let's not hurt each other. That
0: that's, you're right. natural. You're, that's you're what so happens. exactly right, you're right? Even the most focused, locked in of guys goes through a period where it's get through it rather than thrive, right? It's right. all right, I'm gonna right. really go hard cuz I know this drill we do it every single day and I know we're only in for four snaps whereas now you yeah. got somebody against you. Every single drill from the very start is competitive. The juices get flowing. And, and, and honestly, most importantly, because it's not on TV, because it's not in a preseason setting, you're not afraid to fail either, right, from a coaching standpoint. Run some things you haven't really right. worked on, right? Put guys out on an island, and if they get beat, they get beat. Who cares, right? Exactly. Uh, make them communicate. You have to fail sometimes to learn. I don't know. I don't know who, you know, if it was greedy or the safety or a combination of both on that bomb they gave up the other night to the Redskins. Well, who cares? It's the preseason, right? Goes here. You get some work against T.Y. Hilton. Devin Funches, who's been in the league forever, like, they're going to beat you a little bit, right? So, so you get yeah. to see um, and, and you get to adjust. So, yeah, this is important. Look, just being here is a sign of how far they've come. For years, the Browns haven't done this. Uh, guys, the Patriots do this like three times every summer because it matters. Yep. The good teams matter. Uh, part of it is just you've been an awful organization for so long. Part of it is teams will not put their quarterbacks out there against Greg Williams um, in the summer. You, you pretty much said that himself. That's not me. Dishing inside baseball, right. that's that's what it was. So <laughs> you come here, and you know, geographically it's a good fit. So this is hopefully something – that will continue uh, over the years. But I think it's a really big two days for the Browns. in, And I'm excited. And I can just, you know, you watch the guys in practice. It's stale. They're tired, you know. So they they needed this too. And then then, however it goes, uh, it it should really only be a positive as you go back and get to work. And then you kind of get in that period where um, for a couple weeks it goes from really hard training camp to just getting through it. The starters don't play in the fourth game. You cut the roster, and then, you know, you give everybody several days basically to get their legs to where you can have a couple of actual practices. Um, You know, Freddie has been adamant that there are so many rules in the spring about what you can do, and the first one is is no pads, and there's a set number of practices, and they can only be a certain time. And then even when you get in the season under this uh, collective bargaining agreement, there's only so many fully padded practices, and that's before the reality of guys get banged up, weeks get short things go on you you know you have to adjust despite what your favorite insider has has been saying on the radio um there are no restrictions in training camp you can have as many padded days as you want and practices can be as long as you want and so it's been damn near a gladiator camp it's what he's wanted it's what he's advertised it to be and eventually like i said over the next six days they'll ramp it down a little bit but this is good work for the browns and the idea is that it will pay off down the road? We'll see. I mean, one of the one of the things I gotta say, Dre, of can, legitimate concerns for this team is I have to see them tackle. I know the talent on the defensive right. line, I know the right. talent in the secondary, but it's not just scheme. So many times they've been susceptible to simple plays going for a long ways, and that's what gets you beat. Yep, yep.
1: And that's you know that's like a, and you don't know that until they actually put guys down on the ground. So you may not know that till September, and that's you know you hold. Well oh, he's
0: been running full to the ground tackling periods two hours into practice
1: oh the girls guys are gonna hate them but it makes them better (laughs) like i believe in that like i I, if you get a couple injuries so be it i just i I, that's how the game's played yeah like that's you know at the end of the day that is how the game is played i know it's old school to say it but you've got to know and you got to know who's willing to do it And and especially two hours into practice it's the last time you want somebody on top of you or pushing you or tackling you Um, I'm surprised there haven't been more fights in camp, to be honest. And you will see a doozy or two in Indianapolis, no doubt in my mind. You will. Um, Since the Browns aren't on hard knocks and everybody doesn't get to see uh, somebody's dad whistling at them, who's the guy that has, uh, I don't want to say very little chance of making it, but a guy that everyone's kind of pulling for right now after watching through camp?
0: Well, the easy answer is Sheehy Giuseppe, who – Long long shot of the mall who took that punt back 86 yards, I believe it was, in the fourth quarter. Um, And a few things have happened that have taken him from 1% chance to make the team to at least 10, 20. (laughs) I don't know. Um, One being Antonio Callaway's suspension, right? Um, Right. They've had some receivers out. Damian Ratley has not practiced to this point since the first day of camp. Blake Jackson, who was getting a bunch of passes and was looking like a strong yeah. practice squad candidate and potential punt returner, uh, got hurt, got an injury settlement, is no longer with the team. Um, so guys have just – there's just been other snaps for guys, specifically with Beckham and Landry. And the Browns came in to this believing that Hilliard would be the kick returner, but it wasn't set in stone. And they didn't really have a punt returner because Callaway um, – has the speed to do it. He's not natural with it. And then, of course, we didn't know right. on the outside about the suspension, right? So right. Um, there are there's a job out there. And, you know, in today's NFL, you can get away with guys that will just go out there and catch the ball and either take a knee on the kickoff, right, right or right. get you to the 22-yard line or whatever. Um, they do have Beckham and Landry that in a pinch down seven in the third we'll quarter in week three, they can right. bring out for one punt return but those aren't going to be the guys that do it. So um, the only way when you're that far down the roster to get noticed is to make crazy splash plays. And if he makes another one, then the discussion is, <laughs> is really on. Uh, on the defensive line, there's a guy by the name of Devereaux Lawrence, who they traded for last year on waiver wire weekend. Um, and he uh, played a little bit, got hurt. He didn't play in the spring here. He had an injury. And so he just was kind of even further off the radar. He's been an absolute beast on the D line. Chad Thomas, whose first year and first week of second I was just about to completely play. lost, who has been really good. He had the scary injury the other day, but apparently he's going to be okay um, sooner rather than later. And then at running back, you know, when you trade Duke Johnson, all of a sudden your third is open, and there's an undrafted rookie big back, about 233 pounds, they list him from Miami, named Trayon Gray. And, um, you know, it's a long way from from tryout player basically to to the NFL but he looks the part of AFC North back and the other guy is Dearness Johnson who played in the AAF um, was not in football last year but the dude's fearless and he's stuck people on special teams he's stuck people in pass pro and he's got a little shake to him and uh, it's a big week for him as he tries to not only make this team but make an impression around the league if he doesn't make this team right now I would say he probably does make this team
1: wow Wow but well, that's the other thing about practicing against another team hey now you're you get another set of eyes on you if you're if you're one of the bubble guys exactly I mean the Colts the Colts. you know the Colts didn't go out and get another running back like the Colts saved all their money by the way what was their what was their thought process They thought they would spend a bunch of money and because they have it and they just keep building from what that which I kind of like but I'm still waiting for them to make that splash move. You know what I mean? Like, like I thought they would do something else offensively or defensively. They just haven't done it yet.
0: Uh, I'm going to say this, not to bring out a bigger discussion, but there's somewhat of a parallel. They're a little like the Indians in that they like their chances in their division if they're healthy, so they can sit on yeah. some things. <laughs> I got you. I got um, you. And they just believe. They just believe strongly in Chris Ballard and what he's doing. And the track record is that when Andrew Luck's healthy, they're a playoff team, right? So they feel like if they can, right. Draft and build from within, and then kind of save for that one move. Um, you know, they they were certainly thinking about trading for Khalil Mack. It didn't work, right? Right. I right. think they have their number one receiver in Ty Hilton. and They think maybe that eventually Paris Campbell can 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 become that. So, yeah, um, they they just they have their method of doing it. And um, you know, they paid Andrew Luck one hundred forty million dollars. Um, it's a little scary. It, Indy, Indy sports radio was a train wreck this morning with everybody being doctor. <laughs> I'm calling
1: oh, yeah. high ankle sprain. This, yeah. that, Right.
0: Uh, you know, apparently a calcification or something built up from the lingering effects of the calf strain and Calvary, comparisons yeah. to Kevin Durant and all of these things. So oh, the track record is that when Andrew Luck has been hurt, that they've sucked. And when he's played, they've right. been in the playoffs. So, um, uh, There's no doubt that regardless of who's a quarterback, and Brissette is at least functional, um, they've got a really good O-line and some nice pieces on the perimeter on both sides, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing the next couple of days. You mentioned track record. I just want to say this in the most calm, nice way. Um, The Indians
1: deserve a little cachet. I don't know what they're going to do the rest of the season. They may not even make the playoffs, but to change a roster on the move and to have – the depth in pitching, like, like I'm even blown away. Like Corey Kluber, I like we. I have a stat that we're saving. How many innings you've gotten from Corey Kluber, Carrasco, and and even Clevenger, and to be as many games over 500 as they are, where they're basically, I was I was having a text message conversation with someone that's in the media that was on the radio, kind of kind of not blowing off what the Indians are doing, but just kind of saying, "Oh, this is the same old team." you think this is the same old team, then you really haven't paid attention and you're really not looking at, at who they are. They've changed, basically, into, like the core of the team has changed. You can say, yeah, Frankie's here. Frankie is still here, it's true. But without Bauer, without Kluver being around, the voices and the, how this team goes about doing things, completely different. And I'm being honest, and I'm on the inside. I am blown away by how good they played and how much the roster's changed. I believe when we started the series in Minnesota, we ran a stat. I don't know if you saw it, but we put out the opening day lineup, compared it to the lineup that they used last Thursday. You know, there are 14 new players or different guys on the roster than when the season started. I don't know how many teams could do that, turn that trick, and still win, and still be competitive, and still. And and I get, we can talk about enjoy it. We can talk about money and things like that, but how we still have these ignorant fights on Twitter and on radio about Brown's Twitter and Indian's Twitter. How can't you just enjoy this? Like, why is this, why are we one of the only cities that just can't enjoy what we have? Like the (laughs) Brown's Twitter, the Brown's fan versus Indian's fan is one of the dumbest. And I haven't cussed the whole podcast purposely. It's one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard in my entire life. That people that live in the same region will fight about whose fan base and whose team is better. You all live here. You dumb dumbs. Like how, like, I just don't get it. And part of it is media. Part of it is how we how it's sold. But in Chicago, they love the Cubs and they love the Bears. In New England, they love the Patriots. They love they love all their teams. Why is that so difficult to do in Cleveland, Ohio? Will never make sense to me. Ever.
0: All right, so we're both uh short on time here. Um uh, so I don't know that there'll be one before Dre gets back from New York, guys, because I just don't know what our schedules are going to be um, because I'm, I'm here for four days and then I'm back and then I'm on my way to Tampa. So anyway, we will uh, do this uh, podcast as soon as we can. But here on Wednesday, August 14th, um, I don't know when that will be. I do know it's August 14th because that's the day that I told you guys two years ago. I said, circle this day on the calendar, Hugh Jackson thinks the Browns had a real good practice. Hugh Jackson lectured the media after practice and said, we have no idea how good the Browns are going to be. The Browns won 0-16. That's a day that's kind of forever been etched in my heart. Um, if you have been listening lately, thank you. Um, if you remember a monthish or so ago, I had two announcements, one about the Browns podcast coming to the Athletic and one about my book coming out. So a couple quick follow-ups as we get out of here. Uh, The Browns podcast on the Athletic is going to be called "Civilized Barking." It will launch at the end of the month. It will be a twice a week format. Um, Exact days, exact format will will be a little bit in flux because um, obviously the first week or the last week of the preseason is different than the first week of the regular season. They have a Monday night game week two right off the bat things go on it will be behind the athletic paywall but the plan is right now for when it starts at least one of the two a week will be available on itunes so full details on that when we get going i've been in some meetings and we're going to do some stuff next week to have it revved up for that last week of august that last week of the preseason um the second thing my book 100 things browns fans should know it officially comes out in october it will actually come out before then uh people have pre-ordered on amazon which you can do you can. Uh, pre-order through the publisher, which is Triumph Books. Um, I'm, there will be a Facebook page, all of that stuff. I'm just kind of waiting till it gets a little closer because I don't want to oversaturate you, but you can on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. will get it in advance, and, of course, when it comes out, we'll blast it all over social media. So we hope you buy it. Um, there will be a party or two. We hope you come out and drink a beer with us as well, although I hope at the first one that's um, just about finalized, I hope that Dre's not there because that would mean the Indians are still playing. So we will uh, – Yeah. Yeah. See how that works out. Shouts, as always the scene to the honeymoon. Girl, hey, and to we American and Fireworks. we got your
1: birthday coming. Wait, wait, wait. And we got your birthday coming up in a couple of weeks too, don't we? Ah, uh, yeah, I got a big birthday right around the corner. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Let me try to duck and dodge that shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, there's two things undefeated. Old, I ain't running from shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm the only dude that gets a cold in August, you're the only dude that tries to hide for how old you're gonna be. <laughs> 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 oh shit. Oh yeah, my, you can older go ahead. Tell all people all the great stuff.
0: My my friend texted me the other day, she goes, she sent me pictures of her kids on the first day of school. <laughs> and she said, She said, For your birthday, I want to see you do one of these first day of school boards. My name is Zach. I like donuts and texting twenty-eight year olds. <laughs> Pretty accurate, man She knows your know. Pretty
1: accurate Yeah, you gotta find the Imagine Dragons concert I'm telling you it's right, it's right in your wheelhouse Young man
0: I know enough Fucking weirdos already He's Andre I'm Zach We'll talk to you next time On A to Z uh, You young motherfucker <laughs>